Chapter 1 The Four Noble Truths The Truth of Suffering The first noble truth simply states that suffering occurs. It does not say life is suffering. That suffering occurs perhaps does not seem a particularly profound statement. Suffering comes with being human. Pain is a part of the human condition. We stub our toe and it hurts. Our back goes out. Even the Buddha was subject to physical suffering. At times he declined to give a Dharma talk because of pain in his back. Emotional pain is inevitable if we are to open to the world. When other people suffer around us and we are open to it, we ourselves sometimes feel discomfort through our powers of empathy. Part of being human is to relate to and feel what is going on around us. However, pain is not the kind of suffering that the Buddha was trying to help us become free of. In the context of the Four Noble Truths, we can distinguish between inevitable suffering and optional suffering. Optional suffering is created when we react to our experience, for example, through anger at the inevitable suffering of pain or by clinging to joy. When we suffer from physical pain or illness, we can become self-judgmental. What did I do wrong to have this happen to me? We attack ourselves or we blame others, or we become angry, sad, or depressed about the suffering in the world. Optional suffering is added when we react with aversion or clinging, justification or condemnation. These reactions add complications and suffering to our lives. It is possible to experience the inevitable pain of life in a straightforward, uncomplicated way. If pain is inevitable, life is a lot easier if we don't resist it. So the teaching of the Four Noble Truths does not promise relief from the inevitable suffering that arises out of being human. The suffering addressed by the Four Noble Truths is the suffering or stress that arises from the way we choose to relate to our experiences. When we cling, it is painful. When we try to hold our experience at a distance to push it away, that too is painful. We cling to or push away from our experience in an infinite variety of ways. The way to practice with the Four Noble Truths is to become very interested in our suffering. Ancient texts say that no one comes to the Buddhist path except through suffering. From a Buddhist perspective, the recognition of suffering is sacred. It is worthy of respect. We need to study our suffering, to get to know it well in the same way that we hope our doctors take our illnesses seriously. If suffering is powerful in our lives, we have a strong motivation to study it. But not all suffering is monumental. What we can learn from more subtle suffering helps us to understand the deeper suffering of our lives. So it is also important to study minor suffering in our lives, our frustration with a traffic jam, or irritation toward co-workers. We can study our suffering by attending to where and how we cling. The Buddha enumerated four kinds of clinging to help us understand our suffering and what we suffer about. The one Westerners might consider easiest to let go of is grasping to spiritual practices and ethics. 
we may grasp our practice because we cling to the hope of freedom from suffering. We may grasp the rules of spiritual practice, thinking that all that is required of us is simply to follow the rules. Or we might use our practice to create a spiritual identity. We may grasp our practice to run away from life, or we may grasp precepts and ethics for security. Sometimes we feel like the Buddhist path is so wonderful that we become attached to getting others to practice also. Clinging to spiritual practice causes suffering for ourselves and discomfort for others. The second type of clinging is grasping to views. This includes all opinions, stories, or judgments that we hold on to. These can have a powerful grip on us and on our perception of the world around us. Believing in views and basing our actions on them is something that few of us question. Many of our emotions arise out of views. Even our sense of self can be constructed from them. A classic example that illustrates how views create emotions is how you might react if someone misses an appointment with you. You had a date, you are waiting on a street corner in the cold, and the person doesn't show up. This is all that is actually happening. To those facts, we often add a story. The person doesn't respect me. With that evaluation, anger arises. The anger doesn't arise because we are standing on a street corner and someone hasn't shown up. The anger arises because we are fixated on the story, which may or may not be true. The person could have had an accident and be in the emergency room. We need to know what our interpretations or suppositions are and then hold them lightly, prepared for the possibility that they might not be true. Or, if they prove true, we then need to know how to act wisely without clinging even to the truth. The third form of clinging is grasping to a sense of self. We construct an identity and hold on to it. The construction of an identity or self-definition is actually the construction of a view. It is the story of me, and we attach to it rather than just letting things be as they are. Maintaining and defending a self-image can be a lot of work. It can fuel a lot of self-conscious preoccupation with how we speak, dress, and behave. We evaluate everything according to how it relates to ourselves causing ourselves endless suffering. The fourth type of clinging is grasping to sensual pleasure, which includes aversion to discomfort. In the Buddhist texts, this is the first in the list of things that we cling to. I put it last because it sometimes puts people off. Sensual pleasure itself is not the problem. Our lives will bring us many sensual pleasures. The problem is that we cling to them. William Blake expresses this beautifully. He who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy. But he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. Attachment to sense pleasures is so pervasive in us that many of us feel something is wrong when things are unpleasant. But unpleasant sensations are just unpleasant sensations until we add a story to them. Confusing pleasure with happiness is a powerful fuel for the attachment to pleasure. An important part of Buddhist spiritual practice 
is discovering a happiness not connected to objects of desire and pleasure. With this discovery, the seductive enchantment of sensual pleasure begins to lessen.